Today's episode of the Sea Experts podcast is sponsored by Pathlight. Pathlight is an award-winning performance intelligence platform that supercharges your frontline employees' performance with the real-time metrics and coaching they need to succeed. Head over to pathlight.com to request a product demo. That's pathlight.com for a demo. And now, on to today's episode. Hello, my name is Ramona Cassiano, and today we have a distinguished guest, April Campbell. Um, Before I get started, I'd love to just go through our backgrounds. Um, I'm a 25-year CX veteran helping companies like Verizon, Zynga, Netflix, um, and now Chief Customer Officer at Pathlight. I grew up uh, as a frontline agent, and so I'm kind of a hooked on these these headsets. So <laughs> my pleasure to introduce April Campbell. She graduated from UC Santa Barbara with her computer science degree, um, was an engineer at Neurodata, a technical director at New Moon Systems, director of engineering at Tarantella, director of sales support at IP Locks, um, database marketing manager at SAP Ariba, uh, and then, wow, like at LinkedIn for almost eight years as the global director of sales systems, and most recently, former head of go-to-market systems and sales, marketing, and support, and legal systems at Stripe uh, for almost four years. So, April, I love your background. It's obvious that we need to dig into to your tools and, and uh, support of, of frontline teams I think where we have a major overlap is that we're both, I guess, shared shared uh, shared services. Mm-hmm. You provide the technology. I provide kind of the human support to big yes. brands and companies. Yes. Um, yeah. And so it, before our, this call, I was thinking of just as a buyer of, of your, your, your offerings. Services. Yes. Yes. Um, I've 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 had to play or and play three kind of roles. One is the person, the buyer that says, "Hey, I can do this myself. Yeah. I've got the technical team. I know what I need. I'm going to build this myself." Uh-huh. Kind of role. Then the middle role of, "Hey, I've I have experience buying uh, platforms and services. And I kind of know what I want, and I'm going to give you some general guidance around what my needs are." Mm-hmm. And then the third level would be. You're the expert. I don't have an opinion. Just come back and make me happy. Right. 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 So what are what are some of your thoughts around those three uh, buckets? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've also find myself on the other side of that. So like you've had that experience <laughs> where, you know, you find yourself in each of those three groups. I've also on this on the technology side been there as well. So it's funny, it's not you think that like, oh, this company they always buy or they always build, but it's um it's not usually that cut, cut and dry, you know. Um, a lot of times, um, you will hit like you will actually find yourself in those three buckets mm-hmm. at the same company, depending on who your customer is. Um, so, as far as like completely building, so I think of it as what like well, how I am hearing you is that it's like you have the let's build everything, let's uh, let's um, let me buy something, right? Right. And then the last one is you make the decision. Is that sound, does that sound right? Like, yeah, and you know, I can share like I I know the my conviction around building something. Uh, and I look back at those times, it was something where the company was so narrow in terms of what we were delivering that 
it, it made sense. But right. then looking in hindsight, that decision may may not scale like as, it, as the company kind of expands. Um, the middle portion yeah. where I've come to someone like you, um, to me, seems like the best outcome where I, I work in, in tandem with a technical business partner like yourself. Um, and then just give you kind of the guardrails of right. what I'm looking for. And then the right. last situation where, hey, just build it for right. me. Yeah. I, I can tell you that uh, that's almost a guarantee, a recipe for me, be, you and me being disappointed, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yes. I, I hopefully um, listeners there don't put you in that spot. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. So in like the, the first scenario, I would say that sometimes when you're maybe when you're testing things out, mm-hmm. you might want to like build a proof of concept and you could do it. But there's probably a time where you have to go back and like reassess, like, do we want to pour more resources in, in this mm-hmm. or do we want to look to see if there is, you know, some quote off the shelf type of solution that we can implement for our needs. And so I think that, you know, you have to reassess that. And one of the things I like to think about is like, is it a value add? Does it give me a competitive advantage for the company to build Mm -hmm. it ourselves? And if so, if it's going to give you that competitive advantage, then maybe you do pour that resources, but those resources into that initiative. Um, But the things you have to think about is that, you know, engineering resources are scarce. Mm -hmm. And so if you have you know, if you have a big engineering team and there's some other initiative that's maybe product focused, they might, you know, those those resources might get funneled over there. And now you're you're I starving see. for that initiative. Um, and I totally agree with you. And like, I think the best scenario of like where you're my customer is that we're actually we're actually um, have responsibility of the project success, success together. And mm-hmm. I agree. I think it rarely works if it's throw it over the fence, let me implement it. And I'm going to come to you three months later with something like, um, I think, you know, in my career, sometimes when you do that, let's say I'm trying to build you the the coolest thing that you've ever seen. Like, don't worry, Ramon, I know what you mean. I'm going to build it for you. My (laughs) team goes, we build it and we come back to you. And well, you really needed to be part of the, the, the input to that, right? The contributors to that. But then your team will feel like, oh, this is not something that we built together. It's like, this is something the systems team is doing to us versus for us. And so that's where, like, that's where I like to, you know, like take the temperature. Does, does the, the people who are going to use the system day in and day out feel like, oh, we are doing things for them to make them more productive mm-hmm. and successful? Or are we making them do things that they don't want to do and they just want to get their job done? So I, I totally agree with you, which is like, um, in... Yep. You know, number one, like the first bucket makes sense sometimes to do that, you know, especially when you're testing. And the second bucket, if we are going to implement systems, um, (laughs) actually, whether it's, I mean, that's actually true, whether it's out of the box or engineering based, you really need like this close partnership. So that's why it was so interesting for me to like talk to you about this, because um, like the the recipe for success is close partnership where we're both we both win when it's when it's done correctly, correctly versus right you know pointers point uh, fingers pointing opposite yeah and interestingly uh, you're making me think of a situation which which I think is becoming more common now with mm-hmm. the, uh, the the advent of just SaaS and all of the uh, empowerment of business leaders to choose their own software, yes. right? That meets their needs. Um, I found myself as a shared service 
acting almost like an internal consultant to people, mm-hmm. even though I, I like they were going to make a decision based on their needs. But I made sure that I, I, I provided them the data, the context, kind of my experience to, to help them make their best decisions. Right. And um, more often than not, because of that role I played as a consultant, empowering them, the, the business owner to make those decisions, they actually came back to me and said, actually, I'm going to buy from you as well. Okay. Right. Because yeah, yeah. I think that they don't have the context of the complexity and all the nuances of really uh, of a shared service, like a support or even like a tool um, or, or internal tech. Have mm-hmm. you found that business partners like, are, are being more empowered to make those kind of Silo, not siloed, but their own kind of uh, independent decisions around software that they're buying, and you've played a yes. consultant role to that. Oh, yes, I've seen that often, and it's more easy to do it nowadays because it's so easy to purchase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we've made it really easy to purchase new new solutions. Um, so I've done um, I've done roles where it's like a periphery application, and I like maybe my team helped more more from like a security review, or does it does it does it fit into the existing like, sales workflow? Um, so we we can act like a, a consultative partner there. Um, there is a time where, and this is my opinion, there is a time where the dependency on that tool is so great and so so much part of the workflow of of the team mm-hmm. that it might make sense to like centralize the management of that tool. I see, and I would say because you know, uh, you know, as more people adopt a platform, there is going to be some administrative tasks. And do you want your sales or people who have been, you know, should be agents in front of customers spending their time administering the platform or should they they be doing their, their day job? And then like offloading the support of the application to like to um, more of a, a systems team or IT team. Um, and then the other, the other thing to think about what I, I like to think about even earlier in the, in the mm. discussion is, is, uh, is there going to be sensitive information stored in this system? I see. And if and are we you know what is the our our risk the risk we want to take of that being in another third party system? And so if there is a lot of sensitive information, maybe I would advocate like hey bring us in as partners where we will manage it to make sure that the the data stays uh, secure and you know people who are. Hmm new people into the company and people who are exiting the company aren't like have the right access. Right. So that's, that's another like view that I uh, like a little, a different lens that I look at it too. So April, thank you for that perspective. I think it's so important. The, the expertise that you bring as the technical owner of tools to help business partners mitigate risk and kind of setting up systems to make sure that there's no kind of long-term problems that, that pop up. Right. But, you know, assuming that everything's implemented and all the, 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 the technical boxes have been checked off. How, how do you recommend the business to interact with your teams and people like you in the organizations for new features, maybe possibly even other things that they want in the future? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, there's like two types of asks at the very least. One is like, how do you, what, that our team gets is like mm-hmm. um, small modifications to existing processes. So things that are already built, oh, there's a new team using it. We're going to need to make some changes. Those things that we'll have, what I'd like to do is set up like a a way to uh, like every couple of weeks to mm-hmm. be able to 
to um, hear their asks, prioritize them, execute them. So you can think of them as like quick wins, you know? So how do we make sure there's like an input way where they can ask us these things? I work with someone on the business side to help prioritize it because there's always going to be so much so many mm-hmm. more asks than, than we can do. And then we'll we'll have a model where we can execute those quick wins. And then you have the more strategic things or things that will just take longer because it's like more complicated. Then those, my team wants to be brought in earlier so that we can help be part of that solution because we might, you know, um, mm-hmm. more heads are better, better than one in that we maybe have seen it done at different companies where maybe we know of an application that does... of what you want to do, or we've seen uh, customers built it, right? So what's better is to bring us in so you can help, we can help be that that consultative partner versus Mm. bringing us in in at at the end where we're more of an order taker. Like, okay, we've we've gone through all of these things and now we want you to implement A. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to still have to like, you know, and, and you guys are already, you know, your team's like, ready, we're going to go, let's go. And, I, right. and I, my team has lots of questions. Then it might feel like um, we're delaying the process. So if you bring us in earlier, we can help tease those details out so that when we're all ready, we're all ready to go at the same time. Does that answer your question? Totally. And and, and what it brings up is my, the, the what the listeners might be say, saying to themselves is I don't have an April like person on my team. Yeah. I'm, I'm, as a business person accountable for results, I'm trying to drive the the, the efficiency through tools. Um, well, how do you recommend that business person approach that 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 the procure, procurement of something like uh, a SaaS tool? Right. Um, like, I guess it depends on what kind of tool it is. Mm-hmm. So, if the business person uh, wants to pilot pilot something okay um then they need to of course like carve out time to do to do it correctly and then you know usually if it's a new uh SaaS product then the um the the uh, the provider of the of the SaaS will help you actually do the implement implementation but it's kind of like a lot of pilots, you know, you do a pilot and everyone's like, cool, let's do it and open it up to everyone. And you're like, oh, hold on. You know, yeah. I need to make sure it's staffed accordingly. So if there's going to be a burden of, of some type of management, your provider should be able to tell you that. Like in typical installs, if you're like mm. this and this, you're going to need someone 10% of the time. And then you could decide, is there someone on my, um, on the business side who wants to raise their hand that likes technology to do it? Got it. But but really don't kid really not try to kid yourself as in like actually you just you just bought salesforce it's going to be managing over 100 people then mm-hmm. we actually need someone's day job to be to manage it now does it have to be 100% of their day job maybe not right Got it. and then you make those decisions like which is like am i going to absorb this as a business and if so do i need a technical person that sits on my team that manages yeah. it so looking at not only the setup, the implementation, the technical stuff, but also kind of the ongoing, and that may change the, the decision in terms of how supportive the SaaS provider is in terms of the implementation and the ongoing support. Right, right. That, that's important. What, you know, so what questions do you have for me? I, like we're, yes. we're, we're, we're both shared services. Um, uh-huh. I'm probably a, a typical buyer. Um, and so maybe for the audience, what are some questions you could ask, quote unquote, the buyers that are listening 
yeah. um, a question from your perspective. Ooh, thank you so much <laughs> for that opportunity. Like, I would really like to know, like, based on your your history in this field, you know, what is an example of a really good partnership that you had with systems? You know, if you could like recreate that partnership so that you can go, 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 what makes that partnership special or work? Yeah, and I think it, my approach and and again, just what, what has helped me uh, build amazing cultures, brands, right? And customer experiences for my clients is I want the tools, the data, the team, the culture to make an emotional, to help make an emotional connection with our people we serve. Mm -hmm. And so if a tool requires a significant amount of expertise for a frontline person to really feel what the customer is feeling, I'm going to push back a little bit and making sure that the tools actually do the opposite by highlighting kind of what that consumer has gone through from their experience with your brand. So has it, has it been painful? Has it been great? Am I a, uh, someone that is just avidly using the service or someone who's using it periodically? So Mm -hmm. just from a interaction perspective, I'm a frontline person and I immediately get a feel for how I can help you. Um, so I'm kind of skewed way towards the the frontline experience, having run and managed teams like that. To me, all of the data, the systems, the tools really should be focused on frontline success. And so I'm going to push everyone in terms of the business partners, the analytics and all of that to help me, uh, people have said this, but help me rub against the soft underbelly of the company every single day so that I know that there's continually work we need to do. I don't care what the NPS scores are, if they're high, CSAT's high. I want to hear like where the problems are and right. the tools help me. So, you know, I think to answer your question, for me, it's uh, lining up requirements that that lend the outcome to be towards that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that no uh, you know, tools all bring different things, but I just want to make sure that at the top level that it's really driving that kind of frontline engagement and success. Um, yeah. And so that might be an oversimplification of the, the ask, but it's the checkbox that I'm looking looking for because I think a lot of stuff is geared towards senior level kind of things and, you know, the workflows are, are, are important for them. But for me, it's really the other way around. It's right. kind of inverted. I don't know. No, that, that helps. I mean, yeah, totally. <laughs> it really resonates with me. It, it's basically you're like it's all about the customer. Yeah, it's all about the customer. So if I'm in the back office and we're like configuring this stuff, we're like, it's okay, Ramon. You just have to press these seven buttons, and <laughs> open up four extra screens. But now the company has the data that we need to to march forward. And you'll be like, oh wait, hold on, that experience is taking away from the time my folks have with the customer. So that totally resonates with me. And it is um, like, it is kind of a failure mode because we keep Mm. thinking of things as a technical thing and you're thinking of it as emotional thing. So let's, that's why the partnership is so important. Totally. Yeah. And so what, what can buyers do to kind of balance that perspective out? Um, You know, we're not technical typically, and there's kind of a lot of, technical stuff that, you know, waves over us that we can't overcome, you know, for good reasons, Mm -hmm. but 
what how should we couch kind of the the customer first kind of experience with with teams like you that are tech yeah. more technical i think that's that's part of like you know you do a project kickoff or even like discovery like is this mm. a project at all and say like if you and and be as bold as you are now like you could solve all the problems of the workflows in the back end but if it takes away from like the customer experience Mm. then it's still a failure. Like you can be that bold okay. so that, you know, so that we're like, okay, well, you know, you know, so this is what happens in the back. It's like, wow, it's only like four extra clicks or it's only four extra windows that they wow. have to build okay. up. Like it's fine. And, and, and you might be, and I might come to you and say like, it's only four windows and you're like, fine. But in three months, that needs to be one window. Like, that's okay. We can do that in negotiation because sometimes on the back end, we want to like iteratively like mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. provide you uh, relief and also still be able to answer what the business itself needs to run a run a company. So uh, we might have to have those discussions, like you know. But uh, all of us are like locking arms and and understanding what the end goal is. The end goal is a seamless experience where you you can give the best yeah. um, personal because experience or automated experience. Th- that's so. You know, it's so true because when I think back when that that has happened, where everyone was tied to the, the end outcome of customer, amazing customer experience, how both the technical and the business teams were celebrating the success of that. Like they, yeah. they everyone was like, yeah, I know I was part of that kind of outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's transition to, uh, you know, to kind of close this out. L- looking ahead, like... Um, What's what should folks be thinking about on on? And I'll share kind of what I'm thinking on the business. Maybe from a technical side, what 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 should be on the back of their mind in terms of the future uh, of of tooling and technology? Right. Well, um, I'll steal from some some of your messaging in the in the time that we're 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 talking today, which is, wouldn't it be amazing experience that I. Like the business, the business, the company is un, is able to like get all the information they need to run the business, to forecast, to like to market, to like operate without changing the workflow at all with the people on, that are using the tool. So that is like the holy, the holy grail is like, let them work, do the things that they do best. And we're going to capture this information in, in the background in order to make good product decisions, staffing decision, all, all these things right now. What you'll you have is you have something in the in the middle, which is some of these things can't be automated. So we need people to update status. We need people to do blah blah blah. But really, mm-hmm. if we can understand those or infer it based on their day to day, then the experience from the end user is is just their job. And in I, the back end, that. we still have what we need to be able to make a successful business. Yeah, I love that. And I'll 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 close out with from a business perspective. Uh, I don't want people to forever forget that it's always a people business. If you've got a frontline team, performance is involved. Mm-hmm. That means coaching, making emotional con- connections with your people, good one-on-ones, interacting that way at a human level. Um, so the the performance, and then really what you're uh, highlighting here for me, um, April, is intelligence. How you know maybe connecting data points that weren't normally connected like metadata to actually provide you a deeper, more cross-functional look at the customer experience and, and, and maybe making decisions on how and where that issue is routed to. 
right? And and to your point, have the systems kind of work through the intelligence to, if using the right information to kind of curate that. So from a workflow perspective, I'm a frontline person. It's resolve, resolve, help, help. And it doesn't really have, I don't have to be an expert in saying, oh, I got to click these four screens to get mm-hmm. to the to the thing that I need. And those, you know, good, good, good design, I guess, good data will help you figure out kind of what to, what to, and what not to present to the, to the frontline. Um, so with that, we're going to share <laughs> April's uh, LinkedIn information on LinkedIn. Um, what a valuable resource uh, she will be. Uh, my contact in- info will be available as well. Um, and to wrap it up, thank you again, uh, April, for joining me on the CX podcast. The the podcast for operators run uh, b- by operators. So that's simply put, uh, but but powerful. And we're available and here to help anyone that's listening. So thank you. Thank you. It's been fun.